And when nonprofits aren't able to cross this chasm and build trust by providing more personalized experiences and listening to donors, things just fall apart. And we've seen that. I mean, the numbers are bearing that out now that that the number of donors in this country is shrinking because people feel sort of largely alienated from the communication from their favorite nonprofit. From Virtuous, I'm Noah Barnett, and this is the Responsive Fundraising Podcast, a show where we talk with fundraising leaders and thinkers to uncover how today's top nonprofits craft remarkable donor experiences and build lasting relationships at scale. In today's episode, I'm joined by Gabe Cooper, the CEO and founder here at Virtuous. And we're going to be talking about why we're changing this podcast. And we're going to be unveiling something we call responsive fundraising. You do not want to miss this conversation. So let's get started. Why are we doing this? Like, you started this podcast, we've done 20 plus episodes, and now we're changing things. And why is this important to us? What are we doing here? Yeah, (laughs) it's a good question. Well, part of it is just, you know, to sucker you into hosting and and because you do a much better job of this than me, but uh, I think the the bigger part of it is um, we're passionate about seeing nonprofits succeed. Uh, at Virtuous, we make software, but um, we understand software is a very very small piece of the puzzle, and so um, I think we're in a unique spot where we can provide a lot of insights and resources that help nonprofits grow. Um, We recognize that the world has changed for nonprofits over the last 20 years, especially. We'll talk more about that, but um, we we think we can bring people around nonprofits that can share insights that really help them flourish. And uh, we'd love to be a part of that conversation. So that's really what this podcast is all about. Absolutely. And you've been thinking about these things for a decade plus, right? Like this isn't new to us. This isn't something that we're just happening upon. You've really seen how fundraising has evolved and that kind of leads to why we're shifting the podcasts. So could you speak more to that and how you've seen fundraising evolve and kind of where we are today and why we need to start a new conversation? Yeah. Um, I started working in nonprofit, oh, 15, 18 years ago. And so have been around the space and particularly on the technology side, but uh, in digital fundraising and then fundraising more generally, direct mail and events. Um, I think uh, over that period of time in particular, we've seen kind of a massive shift um, in the way people fundraise and the way donors expect to be communicated to. Um, and, you know, I know you can speak to this too, but there's kind of been this massive problem that's emerged for nonprofits as these tectonic shifts have occurred. Um, I think we've been in a unique position in the world to see some of those shifts out ahead of it. Um, and, and, and then that puts us in a unique position to help nonprofits kind of skate to where the puck is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been talking about this a lot and really thinking about this as we really just kind of take a step back and think through, you know, we see all of these trends come out of these reports where retention has really flatlined and is less than 50% on average. Um, it's only 25% of new donors are supporting organizations uh, again and giving them a second gift. And also the biggest thing which we've identified and something I know you, Gabe, pointed out is that the bigger crisis here is that the number of donors actually contributing to charities has dropped 18 to 25%, depending on which numbers you look at. Hmm. And that's really causing a generosity crisis. And I think that's 
one of the biggest problems here because we've we've known these facts, we've known these stats, we've talked to nonprofits about them, but we've never changed them. Like they're still the same a decade on now that I've been in fundraising. And so we feel like there's just a big problem. And I think it's growing now because today's donors really expect something different from nonprofits and they're voting with their giving, both their engagement and their dollars. And that's due to a few shifts that we've really identified. One being that donors really want to be a part of, not merely give to the causes they care about. And then the one I know you've spoken a lot to, Gabe, so I'll let you run with this, is that personalization is now expected and is everywhere. And so how that really impacts how nonprofits need to cultivate their donors is quite different than we have in the past. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what we saw was um, really a downturn in in the number of donors giving in this country starting in about 2006-ish. And what we've seen over the past decade is a 25% drop in mid and low tier donors to nonprofits. And a, a lot of folks will say, well, it's tax law changes, but you know, tax law changes are, are relatively new. This trend started happening in and really what we saw more and more was this trend lined up with, you know, Facebook is launched, then Twitter is launched, and then the iPhone is launched, and then Marketo is launched, all of these platforms. And effectively, the common theme, theme among all of these platforms is people are getting hyper-personal curated experiences. So when I get on my, you know, Instagram feed in the morning, it knows who my friends are. It knows what I'm passionate about. It knows the bands I like. It knows the clothes I wear. It knows everything about me. And it's hyper curated and personalized to me. You know, when I pop open my phone, it's going to say, you know, you want to watch, you know, Nate Bargatze's stand-up comedy and a new episode of Peaky Blinders, right? It, it <laughs> sort of knows everything about me. My I say this all the time, but literally my local pizza place, Barrow, seems to know me before I call. Well, every brand experience that I have is hyper-personalized and curated to me. The kaleidoscope, the shake place in the basement of my building right now, I'll walk over there for lunch today. And the, when I walk up, they know my name, but because I'm part of a membership loyalty program, they know what, what I order, when I order it, like why I order it. It's just insane. That's the world we live in today. Absolutely. And unfortunately, because nonprofits never made the shift, they still re. re- um, depend largely on sort of spray and pray direct response marketing. The modern donor is getting a very hyper personalized curated experience in every area of their life from every brand, but from their nonprofit, they're getting very sort of impersonal communication. 10,000 people will get the exact same piece of mail or the exact same newsletter. And what we're finding in this world where, where trust is king, where people give because of what their friends and family are doing because they they want trusted sources and advisors they're no longer trusting of institutions this sort of personalization and and i am known kind of mentality like you know who i am that is yeah. critically important for a modern donor and generosity and when nonprofits aren't able to cross this chasm and build trust by providing more personalized experiences and listening to donors things just fall apart. And we've seen that. I mean, the numbers are bearing that out now that, that the number of donors in this country is shrinking because people feel sort of largely alienated from the communication from their favorite nonprofit. Absolutely. And I think some of our models that we've been using for ages, you know, I was an operator for almost seven years 
where I was really digging in the trenches. And the models that we had really focused on who's giving and how do we continue to squeeze more out of them? Yeah. And how do we convince some people that aren't paying attention to you know, try to steal their attention a little bit and get them to give a gift? And I think those models really focus on, oh, let's squeeze more and more and more out of the people giving. But it kind of neglects the fact that 95% of your donors are just everyday givers that need cultivation and want to be connected to the causes. And now they're just opting out because our models don't recognize them and really pushes them away. And I think that's why we landed on this idea that these shifts don't just require a strategy change where we're like, oh, all of a sudden we need to do more or less emails or multi-channel or whatever it is. It really requires a whole new approach to how you go after fundraising. And yeah. so I know this is something you've talked a lot about, Gabe. So what is this new approach? How do we even decide mm -hmm. how to move forward on this? Because obviously our current models aren't working. Yeah. Yeah, so I, um, I'll jump into that. I did want to respond to one of the things you said because I think it's it's so important as the distinction between what we call seeing a donor as an ATM machine and seeing them as a as a whole person that has mm -hmm. time, talent, social capital. They're, your donors are, are humans and your model should reflect that. So a lot of times I'll ask people, hey, are you guys segmenting your donor? Yeah, we've done segmentation forever. How are you doing segmentation? Well, we use RFM, recency, frequency, monetary, the you know, recency of your last gift, you know, how much you give, how frequently you give. But that whole model just sees a donor as a name in the database. It just sees them as a checkbook or an ATM machine. Like how much can I get out of the ATM machine? You know, how frequently can I get it? Yeah. Which one has money in it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which one has money in it? That's right. And so the whole segmentation model and, and look, I like we, used to run a direct mail campaign of millions of pieces a year. And this is how we did it. And in some sense it, it worked like because it was the best we had for a while. Mm. But again, modern donors are being treated like humans by other brands um, and other areas of their life. And so if, if your model doesn't sort of think about them as an actual person and, and some like a college student who may prefer to send a, a tweet, rather than show up at a gala or somebody who's going to respond better to a peer-to-peer -peer campaign from a friend rather than a capital campaign and, and understanding the difference of those folks, what they care about, work focusing on giving to them first before getting, these are all the things that like we all actually do as humans in relationships. And so that's, that's really the distinction. Some people will say, we do segmentation today. Well, but does your segmentation actually put the donor at the center of what you're doing? And so that's, that's kind of um, the source for everything we're thinking about now. And so, sorry, to answer your original question, um, we're calling this sort of new approach responsive fundraising. Um, and responsive fundraising is really designed to put the donor at the center of the donor journey and treat all of your donors as if they're a major donor. What we're finding is major donor fundraising continues to go up and to the right. And part of that is because you have relationships with your major donors. It's crazy. If you have a relationship with somebody and you know what they care about, you know the kids' names and where they like to eat, they, they um, reciprocate with generosity. And so we don't see major donors falling off. Absolutely. And so what we want is we want all of your donors to have that same sort of... Um, deep relational experience of being known and scaling that and using some of the same tools and practices that maybe your for-profit brands are using today.
And, and so, I think that's key. What you just said is key, though, because I think it's not even just a new approach. We're not suggesting that you go out and like throw away everything else. This is actually something you listening to this have probably done really well, but it's just been privied only to your major donors. Like responsiveness is the key to major donor development or key relationships with your corporate sponsors and all of these other things. We just haven't had the means because we've been handcuffed to outdated systems to be able to actually scale that idea of responsiveness where we're actually just building a strong relationship across more or all of our donor base. And so responsive fundraising is just saying, hey, how do we take this effort that you've been applying to 2 to 5% of your donors and actually extend that experience across all your donors? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and totally agree. And I think there's some simple ways to do this if you just think about how a typical donor major donor conversation goes, there's sort of some some steps that you would take in a relationship. And this is not just a major donor conversation. This is, you know, uh, with my wife, how my relationship goes or with my <laughs> friends or when I meet somebody at a cocktail party. I mean, all like there's sort of steps in relationship and, and you can sort of translate those steps at scale to give that same experience to everybody. And so we've, we've kind of subdivided uh, our responsive framework into into three steps, and and really these steps should feel obvious to most people that are hearing them. It should feel like a breath of fresh air, like nodding and saying yes, yeah, totally. Those are the things you should do. And so the devil's in the details, kind of around how these get implemented in practice. But um, the three kind of steps in the responsive framework are first listen, um, listen to your donors um, before you talk. And um, I've said this before, but my grandma would tell me, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. And that should be our mantra as fundraisers is that we have to listen more than we talk and, and seek to truly understand folks. Um, the second is connect. Um, we need to be able to connect with donors at scale in a personal way. Um, thankfully, we're in an age where technology allows that. Specifically, marketing automation is is the tool that leading nonprofits are using to begin to connect with donors at scale in a more personal way based on their own, each donor's passions and preferences. And then finally suggest. And so we, we don't say ask on purpose. What we want to do is suggest the right next step to have the donor take ownership of the best next step with the organization and move them along at a pace that makes sense for who they are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the foundation of this idea of responsive fundraising is what relationship science actually prescribes if you're trying to build connection. And what it says is that connection requires responsiveness. And responsiveness starts with understanding and listening to who you're actually connecting with. And it's not just listening to what they say or what they do. Because I, I think fundraisers would argue that, hey, donor gave, we thank them. But it's, it goes beyond that. It goes beyond just the transactional nature of listening to a donor. It focuses more on the motivation and the intent. And I was doing a webinar the other day, and we talked about this as there's three things that you're really listening for. First is what the involvement is, which is kind of your normal, like what are they, how are they involved with your organization? What is their connection? The next step, step is interest. Like, what are they interested in? Like, what drove them to respond? What did you do? Maybe they attended an event or respond to an email or connected with a specific part of your organization's efforts, whether it be a disaster response or they 
participated in a, a arts program that now helps other children that couldn't afford that? You know, what, what is it? What are they interested in? And the third category of listening is to listening for intent. And this goes beyond just like what they intended to do was make a donation, but everyone donates for a specific reason. Giving is deeply personal. And so intent-based listening is like, why are they giving? Why do they care about your organization? And I give two quick examples. Like why someone gives to an animal charity might be because they're passionate about animal rights. They're a vegan. They deeply care about treating animals the way that everybody's treated. They deeply believe that. Whereas another individual might support at the same level but it's because they're just a lifelong animal lover. You know, they've had pets growing up. They grew up in an environment where pets were super important to them. And so how you communicate to each of those groups is very different, even if their behavior, their interest, and their involvement is the same. But the intent is what actually lets you do personalization. And I think this is very similar to when you go on Amazon and you buy... I bought a, uh, a dishwasher recently, uh, a few months back, and it said, hey, you should they suggested, hey, you should buy this other thing because they knew I was buying a dishwasher and they knew for me to actually install a dishwasher, which is what my intent was, I need all these other things to be able to actually do that well. And they're just trying to be helpful. And I think this approach really takes that same thing. Um, another example of listening for intent is when you look at um, a child development organization or a health, child health services organization. There might be people that support your charity because they're using it as a tool to introduce the needs of others into their family's kind of mode of operations and, and kind of that spirit of generosity towards others and kind of thankfulness within their, within their family. I know that's something I, I do with my boys. We talk a lot about, you know, as a family. Whereas others, because I had this experience, are giving to a child development organization because maybe they they can't have kids. And this is a way that they've actually extended that. Or now that they don't have kids in the house, they're empty nesters. They deeply believe in the flourishing of a child and they want to invest in that. But how you communicate to those two parties, even if they're giving the same amounts, is completely different. And that's where listening really comes into play is that you're listening for intent, interest, and involvement. And you do that both by direct feedback from donors, but also from just listening to the signals out there. You know, today more than ever, what people care about is uh, accessible through social media, through their connections with others in your database. You can basically start building these models that help you listen better to donor signals. And that again is enabled by technology, which is super powerful. And so listening is the key part of this, but it's continually listening. It's not listening in first time and then that's it and creating a profile and being like, this donor is this, but rather creating actually like progressive profiling of an, an, a donor. And this is like a circular framework. And so I think that kind of helps paint a better picture because that's going to allow you to continue to connect contextually to those individuals. Yeah. One of the things that, that I get super excited about is I feel like there's been a silo between departments at, at nonprofits and between the donor and the nonprofit. Like the, it feels like almost the nonprofits an intermediary between the donor and the good they're trying to accomplish in the world, which absolutely I don't, I don't think is healthy. I think it should feel more like the donor is, is side by side with you in the cause because that's how they feel. That's what they want. And I think, listening is such a huge part of this. I was just reading, there's a, a great book on negotiation called Never Split the Difference. And there's a story about a, a Girl Scout fundraiser who goes in to meet with a major donor and she's 
she just keeps um, pitching project after project. Well, you want to give to this project? No. Do you want to give to this project? No. And she's, she's running out of projects and wondering like, well, this person's sitting here and she kind of takes a step back and says, um, you know what? Like, um, tell me about your experience with the Girl Scouts and reflective listening. Like, wow, the, that sounds like the Girl Scouts had a massive impact on you when you were a kid. And she's, you know, yes, yes. And it, and it almost, you know, you can tell she's getting sort of more emotionally engaged. And then finally she says, you know what, I'll, I'll write you a, a big check. I'll let you choose wherever you think is best to write, to put that check. Absolutely. And really it illustrates this point where um, that listening, like true listening makes people feel like they are a part, like they are known and they are, they are with you in it. And it builds trust like nothing else. Like pitching to somebody does not build trust. Listening to somebody and making sure they feel heard and known is what brings donors close. And it makes them more loyal. It makes them give more. It makes them give more than just money, time, talent. And importantly, it makes them like a megaphone for your cause. Because when a donor feels like they're part of your cause, they're not going to shut up about it. They feel like they're now, they feel like they're a donor rep, right? They're out pounding the pavement. And so just that simple act of listening can be transformative in, in your fundraising. Absolutely. And I had this experience with a friend who I was trying to explain this framework to and applied it to him. And I was like, well, what are you excited about? What do you care about? Um, and he was telling me about his life. He travels a lot. He loves fishing with his son. And he was like, well, how would you reach me? And I was like, I think what's interesting is that there's this connection that you have where you're deeply dedicated to your, your son and you love going fishing and you care about like proper fishing habits. And so one thing that nonprofits can do is knowing that their audience cares about these things, they can actually proactively go out and produce resources and, and efforts and content that's going to help you know, my friend connect with his son through fishing, but in a way that still protects the fishery. Yeah. And then from there, we talked about this idea of like how, because we connected with you through that medium, which is you fishing with your son, maybe it's us telling a story and connecting with you on how you preserving the fishery and the fishing environment and, and fishing in a way that's, that makes sense for that area actually protects the legacy. So when your son has kids, hopefully, you know, down the road, if that's something, he can come back to the same fishery or the same pond that he fished with you and actually fish with his son and share that experience as her daughter. And I think those types of stories and connections, again, starts with the fact that like, yes, we're trying to preserve the rivers and lakes and, and encourage people to do proper fishing. And we could tell him about that. But by actually listening to what he cares about and then driving that back and telling a story that really connects to what yeah. he his intent is. Um, and so that's powerful ways to use responsive fundraising to really drive results. And I think technology enables us to do that scale, which is why now is the time to adopt this new strategy. Yeah. Well, I think, and, and we'll get into some of the tactics because people I'm sure are thinking, yeah, this sounds great. How do I do this at scale? And so I think they're, there are some amazing tactics in there. And so that's why I'm excited about this podcast is, is sort of drilling down on each of these and say, you know, how do you really listen? If you got 10,000 people and three major donor reps, how can I really listen to all of those people and understand their needs? Or how can I connect with them personally at scale without just sending them the same direct mail piece? Or how can I vary my, my ask or my suggestion 
based on the needs, preferences, capacity of each person. And so those are hard questions. We're excited to get to those in this podcast, but um, you know, that's, that's where we're going. And we think that, you know, the modern nonprofits that can actually pull this off, the kind of conversation you had with your friends about fisheries, if you can pull that off at scale, you can grow generosity like crazy. The thing that I would hope we leave everyone with on this kickoff episode as we make this shift and set a new normal is really the idea of why we're talking about this. Because I think we can all believe a world where nonprofits are more responsive is one that is better for the entire generosity ecosystem and will grow giving and social impact. And so that's kind of what we are pushing for and why we're doing this shift and why we're changing things up. Because we've put together the research, we've put together a blueprint, we've hosted a summit and will again, and are releasing a playbook, all of these materials. And But now with this podcast and the shift, we're really focusing on curating conversations with leaders and top fundraising thinkers to illuminate the how responsive fundraising strategies are working to help grow lasting relationships with their donors, but also showcase how modern nonprofits are using this day in and day out. And so I'm excited to kind of see the list. We have a ton of great guests lined up and uh, it's going to be an amazing journey. And I know we're, we're excited. I'm excited. Um, and yeah, we're, we're just going to go on this together and talk about how we as a community can become more responsive to our donors. Yeah. Thank you. I feel the same way. Super excited. I, you know, in the thick of it every day with nonprofits, it, it can be, sort of frustrating at times and and almost frustrating because I know I was at a nonprofit. I was in the thick of it and it's just, it feels really hard some days. Um, it really does. It feels like you're strapped for resources. It feels like you don't have the time and money to accomplish what you want. And at the same time, we see, especially millennials, but all people are, we're sort of just intrinsically generous. And so there's so much latent generosity right now, like especially in the US, so much wealth, so much consumerism, at the same time, so many unmet needs. And we have this tremendous opportunity is if we can just find ways to, to leverage the staff that we have today and the resources we have today to multiply them, to punch above their weight class. There's so much sort of giving out there that can be done that's sitting latent today. And so, you know, part of me, I just get antsy just thinking, man, there's, there's a, an amazing opportunity for nonprofits that are sort of embracing this fully to raise more and do more good. And, and we couldn't be more excited about that. Absolutely. So now the Modern Fundraiser podcast is the responsive fundraising podcast. And it really is going to be a space where you can connect with ideas and other people who are focused on fundraising, just like you and working on our world's most important causes and colliding those things together to help us learn how we can better serve donors and grow generosity uh, in our world. And I think we can all agree that that's a good thing. And so we're excited about this. We actually are going to be releasing more episodes right now. You can go listen to them. But also, we'd love for you to share this new adventure that we're going on with other colleagues, others that believe in the same things that you do because you're listening to this and how we can together really grow this. And we're excited about it. So we can't wait till you hear some of the next episodes coming up.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Responsive Fundraising Podcast by Virtuous. Each episode we've designed to really give you the insights into the philosophy, process, and playbook of leading nonprofits so that you can grow giving and build deeper relationships with the people who matter most, your donors. And if you want to dig further into responsive fundraising, we've actually put together an exclusive content pack just for listeners of this podcast. If you go to virtuouscrm.com slash podcast, that's virtuouscrm.com slash podcast, you can download a content kit that includes the responsive fundraising blueprint, which outlines all of the strategies that are involved in implementing responsive fundraising. You'll also get the Responsive Fundraising Playbook, which includes 20 plus plays, which are basically strategies that you can implement today at your nonprofit to become more responsive and ultimately raise retention and increase giving. We'll also throw in a bunch of other resources and content that is gonna be helpful for you as you think about how you're applying responsive fundraising at your nonprofit. And it's completely free. You can grab that at virtuouscrm.com slash podcast.